On this episode of the Back It Up Pod, we take a look back at the Browns game, and then we look ahead to the Minnesota Vikings coming to Lambeau. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Third and five passes caught. Lazard. Touchdown. There it is. History for Aaron Rodgers on Christmas Day at Lambeau. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, oh, oh Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, now that I'm in a long-term marriage, we don't give gifts, so I'm grateful for Baker Mayfield giving me four interceptions. Four and a half. You dropped one on the way in. <laughs> yeah. Well, six, really, if Stokes holds on to his easy, too. But I'm counting wow. Stokes as the half. Wow. So this episode, similar to last week with the holidays and everything going on, we're going to do a nice little combo platter with Browns action looking ahead to Vikings. So let's talk about this Browns game, which uh, it became evidently clear that there was two Packer teams that played um, on Saturday, one in the first half and one in the second half, the final score being 24-22 with the win. LaFleur becomes the first coach ever to win at least 12 games in his first three seasons. And then there was a secondary stat that he's the first coach ever to hit 10 wins and division titles. So he's, or, uh, yeah, division titles. So it's just, I, I, I don't know what more to say about him. Uh, and especially when you start looking at like, Madden passing, RIP, look around the league at these stud coaches and zero people, zero people are talking about Matt LaFleur and how good he's been with the Packers. But regardless, do you think that's just the Aaron Rodgers effect? I think so. I think people are looking at it like, yeah, but then you, I feel like, well, why is, why is the Packers so hated upon about not drafting a wide receiver, doing this or doing that? And yet you have Sean Payton and Drew Brees that were built up and failed to capitalize just as much. And yet they're on two different wavelengths. It's a little it's a little crazy to me, to be honest. I think it's the fact, one, Aaron Rodgers and two, he's young, you know, and and I I just think he 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 was not a well-known coach when he got brought into Green Bay. He was criticized, you know, as a criticized move at the time. You know, bringing in only an offensive coordinator that has, you know, jumped teams and then being brought in to lead Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, that's a big task and hell of a job, man. It's been fun to yeah. watch. He doesn't get enough credit. Remember Rodgers' final couple of years with Mike McCarthy, we thought Rodgers was getting old and it might be the end of his time because every play was taking forever to develop. He was trying to play hero ball. It wasn't looking good, right? So he came in, he brought a unique offense, he got Rodgers back on track. We've seen some learning curves. We've seen him call some bad plays, make some bad decisions, commit to run or pass when maybe it should have been the other kind of game plan. But to have this many wins in your first three years, I don't care who your quarterback is, that's fantastic coaching. I, ho- I hope he does win it because 
it feels like the right year to get it. Yeah, it's he's due. And if they can, especially if they can pull out, I mean, at worst case scenario, they go one and two these next um, two games to be 13 and four to have three straight 13 win seasons. and, And it's just it's time. And they, as we've talked about with Baltimore, have dealt with the second most injuries in the NFL. And yet you look where Baltimore is and you look at where the Green Bay Packers are and it is two separate, you know, podiums. So this game going back, got a little off track. We have now officially taken care of business against the AFC North. We swept that, which is all fun and dandy. And let's start talking about this defense, which at moments looked a little sluggish at moments looked like maybe we didn't need to play 15 yards off at corner. But in the end of the day, they intercepted Baker Mayfield four times. They let Nick Chubb run wild, but overall in terms of the receiving game, they kept it at a bare minimum for just about the entire game. Yeah, it was, it was the get right game that we asked for in the secondary. It felt like Christmas for them. I mean, we're not going to be a Baker Mayfield podcast, but woof, that was ugly. felt <laughs> like every ball in the air was 50-50 chance of getting picked off, and uh, that sort of proved it to be tr- proved out to be true. So good on – I mean, even with Baker underperforming, even – yeah, sure, a few calls went our way, but the guys had to make the plays that were in front of them, and for the most part they did. So credit to the secondary. Now, what we saw from that run defense – Oh, yikes. Hold on. Hold on. Let me I, I've got a theory here. All right. So, OK, I give the defense 100 percent credit for this win. We literally did not score unless we intercepted the ball. We scored on every interception. The offense couldn't do anything without getting a momentum turn, a game shift. So that off alone, you guys accredited every turnover. You guys scored points. Um, amazing. Secondly, the offense could not stay on the field consistently. We had problems getting first downs. Even even in the first half, when we played better, we had problems getting first downs. And that defense was worn out. We are injury ridden. We have backups galore out there. I mean, they were getting worn out, and you could see that in the run game. Like you said, you you said it before we recorded, Tyler Lancaster was getting blown back left and right by one person. You know, whether that's just him being bad or whether I think possibly they were worn out in this game a bit, um, you can argue. But I think that had a big play in how we lost in the run game. They looked tired. They they looked tired and getting pushed back. Now, we called it. Nick Chubb was going to go off, and he did. He's very good. Now, I'm a little upset that our game plan wasn't more around stopping Nick Chubb other than, you know, our passing defense. So that's my one gripe is just the game plan I didn't think was solid on the defensive end. I don't I don't know about worn out. If you look at their total snap count, it's 61 snaps, if my math serves me correctly. 36 pass attempts, 25 rushes. And, I mean, that's that's compared to, like, 59 snaps for us. So it, it was pretty even there. It's not like they had 75 offensive plays. I think we were worn out because we were getting bullied around in the front seven, to be quite frank. Nick, Chubb, Nick, Nick Chubb's a great running back. But uh, we missed Kingsley Kiki, a surprise inactive on game day. 
and uh, Lancaster got pushed around. Barnes couldn't make a play. They just ran off tackle, off tackle, off tackle, and we couldn't do anything about it. And that that's concerning because you know where Dalvin Cook likes to run? Off tackle, off tackle, off tackle. The good thing, though, in the NFC, there's not a lot of like top-tier teams that can do that. Now, when we meet the AFC, different story, but uh, it's looking good for the playoffs. Leonard Fournette, if hey. healthy. Zeke, if healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I would say regardless of who we play the remainder of the year, Nick Chubb is the best running back. And it's I don't think it's remotely close. But uh, to Dan's yeah. point, I, I think there's there's players that can still do damage. And, and Zeke and Fournette, while they might not be where they need to be uh, or where they thought they'd be this year, they're still they're still definitely deadly weapons. I think the only other player that they could possibly face that would be of similar quality is if somehow in the Super Bowl they meet the Colts and Taylor. But other than that, I, I just Nick Chubb is just a man. Like he he was so fun to watch. Uh, it didn't get so much fun when the game got real close there at the end. But when we kind of felt comfortable and in the groove in the first half, he just he does everything. I mean, he had 180 combined yards. I mean, he, he just he did what he needed to do. And I agree with everything that he said. And it is amazing because my first thought was that Cleveland was on the field a whole lot. But the fact that they were only on for a handful more plays than the Packers is, was surprising to me. And it just, yeah, it just felt like one of those that if you're the Cleveland Browns, I have no idea why you're not running the ball more. Uh, how many times have we seen that this year where a team isn't necessarily down by Amen. five touchdowns, but for some reason they go, you know what? I think we need to start throwing more against the Packers. It's like, guys. Your dude has 126 yards. He's getting almost eight yards a carry. Why are you changing your game plan in the second half when they easily could have came out and just been like, all right, let's start getting points and running up yards. They would have won the game. Yeah. And not only was he averaging 7.4 a carry to Ernest Johnson, whoever the hell that is, 14.5 per carry. Anthony Schwartz, whoever that is, 12 yards per carry. As a team, they were averaging nine yards a carry. After the second interception, as an offensive coordinator, wouldn't you say we're never passing the ball again unless it's a screen pass? Like, they would have won the game if they would have just run the ball. That's why I'm concerned about the rush defense is is it wasn't just Nick Chubb doing amazing. Deardis Johnson was like a third or fourth stringer to begin the year, and Anthony Schwartz is a wide receiver, and those guys had six carries for over 80 yards. So that's a, a run defense problem, not just Nick Chubb is amazing. It's a combo, mm-hmm. but it wasn't just like, oh, wash it away. It's just a good running back. The defense had some problems. So this defense it, in what could have been a get-right game, like, yeah, we didn't allow 30 points, but uh, 22 against a, a team that couldn't throw the ball, um, I, I still got some concerns there. And I don't know if anything here can really be fixed before – well, we won't know if it's fixed before the playoffs. Because we're facing a Vikings team that looks like well, it won't have Adam Thielen. Um, so you know, focus, Cook, baby. Stop yeah. Cook. So focus on Jefferson and Cook, and then you're facing a Lions team. So whatever happens in the next two, I'm not going to be convinced this, that this defense has figured it out until I see them do it against a, a playoff caliber opponent. So yeah, that that's I, concerning. I think you got to give the Browns credit though. I mean, this is a good Browns team. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you know, multiple. You know, high level analysts were picking them to go to the Super Bowl. 
They're very talented. And what this, and we're going to transition to it, what this defense does is amazing. And they literally keep their offense in it. I mean, to throw four interceptions and to still only lose by two, and really you should have won, is unbelievable. Yeah, let's talk about that because uh, the man rocking the edge was a beast like we knew he would be. And uh, Oh, wait, that was Rashawn Gary with two sacks and Miles Garrett with one total tackle. Sorry, got got the stats sheet mixed up there. So, uh, do, Jan, do you have anything you want to say to Preston, or, uh, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary? Any any negativity you want to throw out there real quick? You guys are terrible. You're trash. Yeah, Keep cut them. <laughs> Keep it going. But, yeah, let's talk about this defense. And, and in particular, you look at the play-by-play in the second half. We got – the ball back to start the half drove down got a field goal and then the next four possessions by the Packers three plays negative one yard three plays seven yards five plays 17 yards and then the game ender which luckily got that first down and could to, could waste it away but those drives accounted for about five minutes of game time so the Packers outside of that first field goal drive had the ball for five minutes and you could tell and again we love to talk about Packers adjustments in the second half but it almost felt like it went the opposite way that we were going against everything that was working in the first half uh Adams still had his 10 receptions for 114 yards I, I thought that the ward matchup would have been a little bit better but he was doing his thing but again you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon averaging about five yards a carry, and it just felt like we couldn't get balanced in the second half offensively. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I was not I was not impressed the whole game. You know, Aaron Rodgers did his thing still. You know, he, pu- he pulled it off. He didn't look bad, but he, he, we didn't look 100% either. Um, I don't know if it was the, just the flow that they were calling or if they were just being not aggressive enough. Uh, a lot of the time, you know, playing not to lose instead of to win, it sort of looked at at times. Um, you know, I don't know, but it it looked at like that, and it looked like they took their foot off the pedal. It looked like they knew that they were just playing better, and they had the win in their pocket, um, and it didn't matter how good they played um, in the second half. But it, it was a little depressing to see that in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, three touchdowns for Rodgers at halftime. Devonte had eight for 88 at halftime. So in the second half, he had two for, you know, rounding up 20 yards. Uh, and both the touchdowns were in the first half. It, you know, the foot off the gas pedal, I think the players and the coaches even admitted it in the uh, follow-up interviews after the game. And you just can't have that happen. I think LaFleur and Rodgers have seen this happen enough where we get a double-digit lead and then we kind of rest on our laurels and go three and out two times in a row and then all of a sudden it's a game again. Like, come on, it's the NFL. Let's stop doing that. But I think who we missed here, we tried to involve the tight ends and the Browns did a nice job of locking them up. They had a total of four catches for, you know, you would think like 40 yards, 35, 30, you know, maybe 30 yards. They're not that athletic. Uh, Four catches for seven yards. So uh, nice sure tackling by the Cleveland Browns defense there. But what I think we missed, and it's not being talked about much, MVS and Randall Cobb. Like, let's not forget he's out on Mm. the bench right now. I forgot MVS was out, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we targeted Lazard five times. He got a touchdown, but only two of those catches. uh, It felt like we were just missing playmakers in the wide receiver position. You saw Equinemius get a few more snaps. You really don't see Amari Rodgers get targeted at all. Uh, 
I think we just need those two guys back to get this offense clicking again against a better defense. This is a good Cleveland Brown defense, and we looked great in the first half. But when you're so stymied in the second half, like without being an expert on defenses and coverages, I imagine those two catches to Devontae were because of some schematic changes Cleveland did. And then we, we you know, a good rushing defense. So we, we had struggles getting Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, uh, you know, being able to carry the offense, let's say that they, they had a fine average, uh, but being able to carry the offense, you know, they weren't able to do that. And then we had no other weapon to go to. So I think you get those guys back and this game's different but um the changes the browns made at halftime appeared to work yeah i i was listening to uh aaron Rodgers. he had an interview with pat mcafee i think it was yesterday uh but mcafee mcafee pat mcafee i love all your pronunciation you know you know me in english (laughs) it doesn't work well um but it's a great interview if anybody has time go look it up on youtube and watch it but he talks about him and Devontae having a connection that is literally he's only had with a few others before Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb being two of them. And literally they look at each other and they know what each other are doing. And it's not even the play that was called, um, you know, the the back hip throw that Rogers threw. He even recalled a time that he did it to Adams for the first time. And it was in a Minnesota game uh, when when they first opened their uh, stadium. And he could recall the time that they played even. It was it was insane. And he talked about how they recall those moments in these times when they see the coverage. And they both can remember that play and they're like, yep, we're doing it. And listen to it. It's absolutely phenomenal how he breaks down plays that are called today from three years ago, two years ago, and how he can put it into a simple game plan. It blew my mind. I, I you know, I, I think I've always undervalued Aaron Rodgers until I heard this interview. I mean, it's it's amazing how great quarterbacks can remember and recall plays from years past. He's been doing that all year. Was that your first Pat McAfee interview? It, it was. It, it was. Oh, it, it was. It welcome. was. A, it was a treat. Welcome to a, a higher living. Like Rodgers recalls plays from like 2014. And it's just insane. It'd be like, I think it was the third quarter. We were facing a cover two, and I hit Jordy on such and such route. So we just ran the same thing. And then he made a double move that I've never seen before, so I thought I'd throw it to him. And it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it makes me think contract situations because those two together, you know, it'd be a shame to see them apart and see, you know, you just can't replicate that. That's years and years of repetition and getting on the same page as someone. And, and that makes me think – I just want to throw this out there, actually, because we all probably spent uh, the holidays and Christmas with family or friends or at home trying to be safe. And uh, I was with my in-laws, and I just want to say Packer fans are really smart. We, we had like 30 people in a house and just bouncing around having conversation while the game is on. Like just a lot of knowledgeable takes. There wasn't a lot of stupid like, throw it deep. Oh, we should be doing – why aren't we doing this more? Like a lot of reasonable expectations, including the one I want to call out, little old grandma. And I don't know whose grandma she was, but she was sitting on the couch by herself. <laughs> you had a random grandma. In yeah, I think it was like with you? I think it was like in-laws, in-laws grandma. I, I don't really know. But I sat on the couch next to her at one point and she leans over and she starts talking about Rogers in the contract situation. She's like, why would he leave? Why wouldn't he take a pay cut like Tom Brady does so we can get better guys around him? If he has an issue, why doesn't he take a pay cut? 
And I'm like, yeah, Grandma, we need to have you on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to bring up, um, and it was, I don't remember whether it was Joe Buck or Troy Aikman that said it first, but something that I hadn't realized, I didn't realize until this broadcast, did you know that Aaron Rodgers has a broken pinky toe? That that's what he's playing on? You know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I couldn't. If Honestly, you know, if I Kurt was doing Warner a picking a game with it. Kurt man, Warner came from a grocery store. Been, I would have been dead. <laughs> <laughs> they just hey. they got, they kept getting lost in the weeds. It was unbelievable. Kept getting lost. There's some joke about weeds being at foot level, but I can't think of it this quick. Well, hey, our uh, Josh's prediction of like 10 catches for Devontae was pretty solid. My prediction of two touchdowns for Mercedes Lewis, they, they targeted hey, they him. they were going for him. They, they, were going they, tried. For him. they targeted him in the end zone. I honestly think they wrote him into the game plan and the way the Browns were, uh, you know, the solid tackling I mentioned earlier where he had two catches for two yards. Uh, they kind of scrapped that game plan pretty quickly. They weren't leaving him open. Um, so nice try, Dan. Maybe next week. So let's turn our attention to this matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, which I'm a little a little bummed and a little nervous. We've been this kind of, I don't know, last month or so focused so heavily on the Arizona Cardinals and so heavily on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yet here sits the Dallas Cowboys that if somehow these two teams were to tie, which they would because Green Bay would be facing NFC teams the remainder of the time, Cowboys would actually have the number one seat. So. We have to make sure that, A, we take care of our business, but if you're looking for a team to circle to say, don't screw this up for us, it's actually Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. Regardless, Green Bay Packers have a chance on in a night game, too, which is always fun, Sunday night, to take the Minnesota Vikings out of the playoffs completely. It will guarantee that the entire North has a losing record on the season, which we would not have expected. Uh, the biggest news coming out today, feeling done for the year, which um, I know we are kind of at first time I heard it, I thought it was COVID related and all right, well, he's not in, but he's donezo, donezo. So let's look ahead to us. We'll be without Mercedes Lewis. We'll be without Warren Burks. Um, and I know that the NFL has changed their COVID from 10 days to five days. I don't know how that affects the players as we speak right now. But regardless, what do we make about this Vikings offense without Thielen coming to Green Bay? Are we getting Jair back as a New Year's present? Oh, I need I it. Know. Please, please happen. He was activated today. Doesn't really mean much. You just had to. It was the end of his 21-day window. But he's been practicing. It appears he's the guy on the fast track out of, you know, Zadarius and Bakhtiari and all these other guys that are injured for uh, the quickest return. But uh, I asked that question because even with Thielen out, uh, Justin Jefferson is a beast. I think everyone listening to this podcast is aware of that. The last time we played him, he was a beast. He went for eight for 169 and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Stokes get another shot against him, but if we get Jair back, it's a totally different game because you don't have to worry about Thielen anymore, and you really don't have to worry about the rest of those receivers. I mean, we we talked about that the first time we played these guys. If you can lock in on Jeff Jefferson, uh, then Cook's your only weapon left. So 
I, I don't expect Jair back just yet. Um, so that's going to be the matchup to watch. You know, how do we scheme up, you know, coverages against Jefferson knowing he's their only guy? I mean, give him the Devontae Adams coverage and then let the rest focus on the run. Yeah, I, I think you're on point. You know, I, I still think I think it's a 50 50 for Justin Jefferson and Stokes this go around. If Jair's there, um, I'd be interested on how much he would even cover Jefferson, you know, it being his first game back, you know, Stokes has been playing well. Yes. He makes mistakes here and there, but he's a rookie. Um, so it, it would be interesting to see, you know, that type of, uh, who, who gets who. That'd be um, funny. Uh, Jair comes back and you're like, we're just going to match you up against KJ Osborne. Yeah, just just see, lock down KJ for your just first to get game, some practice. You know? reps. Yeah. We're not going to put safety on your side. It's all you. No, need. no, just you're, you're by yourself. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I honestly think it's a 50-50 game for Justin Jefferson to have his, you know, eight, like you said, you know, 100 plus and a couple touchdowns. You know, I think it'll be a game of inches, you know, just like the last time, you know, that that long ball that he had, it, it was literally an inch away from being either an interception or a deflection. Um, so I think it'll be very similar. You know, this offense is talented. You know, they have a lot of weapons. Even injured, they still have a lot of weapons. This offensive line has drastically improved. Um, and, and I feel threatened, you know, with how the Packers have been defending the run. You know, Dalvin Cook's going to get his his meal. Um, he's he's going to start eating like a, like a, what what Ezekiel Elliott used to do back in the day. But um, it, it's I'm a little scared for sure. I always thought that was a funny celebration, like they're scooping cereal. You really yeah, think just by, by the bowl hole, man. Eh? You really think they live on like a sugar cereal diet? Mm, Zeke seems mm-hmm. like a guy that would. <laughs> yeah, while we're bringing it up, I'm disappointed that a, a home game for the Packers on Christmas, Zadarius's sack celebration would have been next level. We missed out on that, and that's a little bit bummer, uh, a bummer to me. But we got I, one I Preston got, one. That was a good yeah. One. <laughs> Gary's got to improve on that. Can Gary's we talk about was, that? Gary's was Gary's kind of <laughs> what was it like? A we need a better robot? celebration out of you. What, he does what, the same thing every that? time. Yeah, it's just not. No, he. we need that Zadarius Mojo, man. He brought the best celebrations out of everybody on this defense. And think? I think all all good points are brought up. And um, LaFleur said in his press conference today that, while they don't expect Jair to be ready to go full time, they are OK with him gradually being part of the plan. So either you can say, all right, well, that means gradually as in, all right, get him off, get him activated this week off. Next week, he plays a little bit. You could even think maybe it's a few plays and snaps. But I think between Rasul Douglas, who we didn't mention, had another two interceptions. I I, I can't believe how hot this guy is right now between Rasul Douglas and Stokes. Plus missing Thielen, I just have zero zero optimism that Jair would be even part of this game plan. But regardless, Kirk Cousins night game, make that as you will. Uh, but I, yeah, just I, I this this offense is just so up and down, and I think you can say that about just about any team in the NFL. You you feel as if they should be real, real good and solid, and then they go and put up 17 points against the Bears. And a lot of these games recently are a tale of two halves. I mean, the the Steelers tried to throw away a game. You had, um, you know, 
the game, who did they play last weekend that they almost, was it 49ers that they ended up losing to? But Rams. like Rams, it's just this team, if the Packers get ahead like they did against the Browns, and it's because their defense is taking care of business against Cousins, they're limiting Jefferson's plays, they're getting off the field on third downs, they cannot do what they did against the Browns in the second half because this Minnesota team just somehow finds a way to be like, oh, shoot, we were supposed to win, and they they come back and play completely different in the second half. So I just, man, not having Thielen, I know that Jefferson's the one that's killed us, but not having him is just such a different mentality, I feel, for the Packers' defense. Yeah, we've we've historically, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, done okay against Dalvin Cook. And in the last game, he had 22 for 89. Like we held him to a 3.9 average, pretty good. But I, I need to see that again. I need to like getting Kingsley Kiki back. I think is big. Like limit the reps from Lancaster, because I I think if Lancaster is getting 40 reps again, uh, you're just going to see them attack that side of the field. And you know, this is what happens, right? So. If Kenny Clark can take a double team, but Lancaster gets chewed up by a single guy, well, then that second guy that would have had to been involved in at least chipping him before he can get to the second level is just going straight to the second level. They're getting straight to Barnes. They're getting straight to Campbell. So that position playing better, that that stout defensive end position playing better makes your linebackers look better. Even if the DN's not making the play, the linebacker should be a little less uh, covered up and should be able to make the tackle. So I need to see improvement there because the guy we haven't talked about that much, Delvin Cook, always scares the shit out of me. So uh, it's going to be interesting how we go against this because, you know, they put up 34 against us in the last game, um, and I I think our issues were more on the offensive side. So is it going to be a shootout again? I'd I'd put my money on it. I was going to say I don't know, but I'd put my money on it. It's probably going to be 60 points again. Yeah, I don't think – Cook will ravage us like Nick Chubb did, but I also yeah. can envision there being some really awesome 35-yard runs where you're just like, ugh, we we had him in the backfield, he slipped by, and a poor tackle outside. It just it feels as though there's going to be probably four or five plays in this game that the Packers were so close to a tipping a pass or getting a tackle. And the Vikings just get these huge yardage plays. Like, it just feels like there is going to be multiple home runs hit by the Vikings, and I'm not mentally prepared for that. The over-under for the game is 46.5. I thought it would be way higher than that. It feels low. Yeah. Yeah, but is it is it the outside Lambo zero-degree weather? Is, is, that, is that driving it down? Mm, like I, I said, really they haven't – the offenses haven't looked necessarily – perfect uh for either team these last two weeks so i don't know if they're playing that in effect a feeling effect or what's going on but i like the over but i'm mm. a terrible gambler so don't listen to me <laughs> yeah. yeah you are so let's talk about this uh defensive side of the ball which uh bar got his two interceptions last week i mean they they have again a, a stable defense uh they they definitely keep them in games when the offense isn't clicking but what do we make it about our, our yearly or our second meeting again with Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods, all that good old names that we love and hate at the same time? I don't think they stand a chance against us. Yeah, um, there we go. Let's I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm serious. I, I, after what happened in the third and fourth quarter last week, 
I think this offense is going to come out and come out hot. Uh, I think they're going to want to bring out that killer mentality that you need to win a Super Bowl. And this is a perfect game to demonstrate that you can do it because you're going against a good offensive team. And like you said, a good, a decent, I wouldn't even say good, a decent defensive team. Um, You know, this secondary is old. Um, and I think we can, you know, continue to exploit it. You know, Adams and like we said earlier, Adams and Rodgers are on another level this year. Um, I think they can pick and choose when they want to dial up whatever they want. Um, and I think A.J. Dillon, even though he's struggled, you know, he's had good average yards per carry, but just not, you know, drastically great games. I think I think it might be a good game for him to come out. Um, and, and pound the ball up the middle. Uh, it's a little weaker than it was last week versus the Browns, um, and, and I think we'll exploit that. So it, it will be a great game, though, high scoring, I, I expect. That's funny. I had in my notes that A.J. Dillon needs a game. Like that uh, that good juju he had going like a month ago mm-hmm. just has yep. quietly gone away. You know, we can bring it back still, but – there was a pivotal drive against the Browns. I think it was early in the fourth quarter, maybe late in the third, where you felt like this is A.J. Dillon time, and it was Aaron Jones for that drive, and it was a three and out. And then they came back out with A.J. Dillon, and he had a couple of those pile-moving type runs. You're like, it, that's that's the guy we're supposed to be playing at this part in the game. You know, when you got a double-digit lead and it's late in the game, late in the season, uh, that's the guy I'd like to see start picking up the pace as we move into the playoffs. Uh, so I'd like to see that and. Let's just do a reminder of this 34-31 loss we had in Minneapolis. We had no Aaron Jones. Devontae was battling a shoulder. Rodgers' toe was brand new, and Alan Lazard didn't play. But we had 31 points. So we have Aaron Jones back. Lazard is playing. MVS is hopefully off the COVID list because he had a lot of deep shots that Josh had predicted in the preview pod saying, I think we can get deep on these guys. Devontae still had a day, but MVS and even Equinemius – uh, we're stretching that defense. They were stretching the secondary uh, where they've got some good players, but they've got some weaknesses too. So I'm with Josh on this one. I think there's no excuse to not go out there and put up 30 plus. Uh, you got the guys on the field that you need. I'd love to see MVS come back, but if not him, Lazard and Equinemia should be able to stretch the field. Adams do his thing. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, little one, two punch to wear him down. Uh, we we owe these guys revenge, and it would be in the perfect form of Sunday night football to lock up a one seed and knock them out of the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with 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 everything that's being said. I think there's a lot of aspects of this um, Vikings defense that actually reminds me of the, the Ravens, in which if you can sucker these secondary folks in, there's going to be a lot of, of opportunities in the center of the field, and I hope we take advantage of it, even though Kendricks is having a stellar year. But a couple things. One, the Minnesota Vikings are giving up the fourth most yards per game in the NFL, but they're also the fourth best third down conversion defense in the NFL. Which again doesn't make sense that you're like the Seahawks, you're, right? Like they're, giving, they're the same. But yeah, you're that. giving up yards. You're giving up yards, but then you can bend, don't break. And so my biggest thing is whether it's Dylan, whether it's short gains to Lazard, wherever the case may be, Packers need to remove three and outs. I believe they had five against the Browns. They need to extend drives just a little bit longer. Uh, because I, I just feel as though Aaron Rodgers has the chance to dissect this team. 
but he needs to be able to, you know, have the running game going, get short, go long, find your balance, and hopefully MVS is back for this game to give us a little vertical threat. But Vikings are going to give you yards. Where we need to excel that we haven't lately um, is to make sure on third down, we're making it third and three, we're making it manageable, we're giving the ball to Dylan and say, just fall forward. So it'll be a, it'll be an interesting game, but I, I would hope that this team came motivated and ready to play, knowing that A, they can knock out the Vikings, but then B, the potential, and we'll see earlier in the day what the, the um, Cowboys do, but if they can wrap up the number one seed on a Sunday night in Lambeau, my Lord, is that place going to be nuts? I think the so, extra motivation, and it can roll right into our predictions for this game, the extra motivation is going to be when the Packers watch the tape and remind themselves about what happened in Minneapolis. And I'm just going to read one line from the team stat box score. Penalties for Minnesota, three for 25 yards. Penalties for Green Bay, eight for 92. If you recall, this mm. was the offensive line committing a ton of penalties on first and second down that were putting us into third and 12 type situations. And if we just had cleaned that up, we came back saying we shot ourselves in the foot. If we just clean that up, we win this game easily. Can't wait for them to return to Lambeau. Well, this is the return to Lambeau. This is maybe to lock up the one seed. Feels pretty good if you win this one. And this is also Aaron Rodgers knowing he has a potential of a back-to-back MVP season. Uh, I got the Packers winning with a lot of points, 38-35. to Rodgers is my MVP. Holy moly. Rodgers is my MVP. I don't trust anyone to stop each other on this one. I think Rodgers goes 300 yards and four touchdowns. Ironically, you know, that that's not saying all that much when it's Aaron Rodgers you're talking about. But to do that back-to-back in the clutch part of the end of the season, I think he sort of puts a stamp on his MVP. How many drinks are you in already? I'm halfway through a happy place. I was so wow. happy to be back in Milwaukee and pick up some third space to come back with. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have a very similar uh, – and I even dropped the score a little bit on the Vikings side after our talk. So I did have Packers winning 31-30 with the Vikings going for a two-point conversion at the very end because I think it's going to be close. But I'm going to drop it 31-24. to um, Honestly, at heart, I think we lose um, just because the Vikings have had our number for a bit. And they, they understand us. They know how we work. Um, and they they can figure us out. The, the coach on the other end, damn, his name... Uh, oh, he's dating a model. Yeah, the old man <laughs> dating a model. But whatever. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, he, he's a good coach. They they have a good coaching staff over there. So, But I'm staying with the positivity and the belief that this team can win no matter what. After seeing them win versus the Browns last week, when they should have lost, everything was going against us, and we still pulled off the win, I, I don't think there's anything stopping us, and I, I, could, I can see that consistency going. Um, but MVP... I'm keeping it with Gary. I, I don't think I've ever picked Gary on this show for an MVP, but with how Kirk is playing, you know, he's going to have confidence and he's going to stand in the pocket a little longer. And how Gary's been getting in around the edge and just pushing people back, I see a couple sacks, if not more, and small hand cousins. Come on, he didn't he didn't fumble last time. We didn't get the fumble, but let's get it this time. A throwback to small hand <laughs> and a, a very specific prediction. It was almost like you rewatched the Ravens game. 
31-30, and they're going to go for two, and that's the reason we win. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. But no. I there There is a feeling in my stomach that the Packers are going to come out so flat that everybody's going to be scratching their heads and being like, is this coming out of a holiday food coma? Are they taking this game for granted? Do they think everything's like, I just, for some reason, I don't feel like the energy is going to be there. And that's not good for a Packers team that feeds off that so well. I agree. I think it's actually going to be more of a struggle fest than, than Dan's giving credit for. Uh, I still think it's probably, man, I keep wanting to put the Packers into the, the 20s, but I don't know. Maybe they figured them, themselves out and they, they get it going. I think they might have said this prediction last week as well, but I'm going to say Packers 33, Vikings 27, um, and it's a last kind of uh, minute or two field goal where we get that space that we need. And my guy is actually going to be opposite of Gary. I think Preston Smith has the opportunity. He's been just so quick this year. Um, and I wanted to pick Kenny Clark, but after last week, it makes me a little nervous. But Preston Smith coming off the edge, I I believe he is going to have at least one attempt where Cousins just isn't ready for it. And I, I hope that we can really, really win off the edge. I think that's going to be key, especially since Josh and I both said it, that our edge rush needs to just be so good. Push Cook back inside, get support um, on any kind of uh, – screens that they love to throw this will be a huge game for these outside linebackers to play i i got a I got a quick update here we we've got a covid update henry Uh-oh. black Uh-oh. our punter bojo tyler oh, davis no. and kiki oh. and kiki oh, jesus and so he kiki. wasn't out last week from covid i guess mm-hmm. not no they said healthy scratch for sure last week man so who's punting uh-oh well, Mason Crosby. Uh, you know what? Sometimes we've we uh, we maybe we joked about it too much that we just shouldn't punt anymore. And this is maybe this is the football. It's the football. God's going. Hey, if you're past your own forty, guess what? We're going for down territory. Uh, holy better. mackerel! Even better. Rogers is our punter, and he's left-footed with his toe. Ooh, prove him wrong. He just puts a steel plate over. Yeah, it. little little Doug Flutie uh, punk kicks. Oh man! Well, that's the beauty of the NFL. All right. The current stage is uh, you don't know who's going to be there, and the same thing could happen to any team. Hopefully, we just get it through our system league wide before the playoffs, because I hope playoff games aren't decided by this. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll maybe touch on that topic in a future uh, podcast. That at some point we just got to go. It's happening. Uh, but, you know, the more the merrier, I guess, now. Get it out in the regular season. We'll be ready to go uh, for postseason. But Josh dropping bombshells at the end of these uh, podcasts. But we'll see how it goes. Go to hell, Minnesota. I hate you. I hate your fans. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to secure a, uh, a sub-500 season after we keep hearing year after year about how it's now your time to shine. Hell the yeah. only Super Bowl you'll ever have is the one Super Bowl. So, amen. Suck. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> next time. On that upbeat, everybody. Nope. <laughs> go, Pat, go.